Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Welcome to the early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. We'd love to get you involved in the show as we get nearer to the completion of week one of the AFL trade period. Our number, you know it, it's one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. If you'd like to send us a text, and already those are coming through, 0419187323. Had a lot of action yesterday, which we'll work our way through and get you involved in. Truth or Spin is back. There's a big list coming up, and as I said, your calls right throughout the next couple of hours. The five-time All-Australian is alongside of me. As always, Matthew Lloyd's his name. Lordo, good morning. Good morning to you, Kane. And you've been putting me under the pump all week <laughs> or for the last probably seven or eight days. So I'm yes. going to put you under the pump with a game today as well. And I'm going to put Ooh. to you every player that's changed clubs so far this trade period. And I'm going to put, uh, say the name, and you've got to say whether they'd get a game in the best side. <laughs> okay. That's Geelong. So I want to ask oh. you of each player, would they get a game in the best 22? Because often we get excited as clubs. But I want to ask from you, would they get a game in the best 22? I look forward to that, and we'll get our audience involved as well. Because mm. you do have a theory, Lordo, and you've, ha- you've held yeah. this theory for three or four years that Players are traded for a reason. Exactly right, Kano. <laughs> they are traded for a reason. So, uh, yeah, and there's often yeah hidden reasons. And uh, Bose, Bose is a different one. We'll see how good Jack Bose is at, at Geelong. But uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, Essendon. Though just on that, uh, they were bitterly disappointed. They thought they were half a chance, and then mm. that news with Andrew Thorburn certainly wouldn't have helped the situation where you jack Bose and you're considering he may well have always going to be going to Geelong, but any chance they had, they thought uh, may have been lost with, you know, all the drama surrounding uh, what looks like, uh, I won't say, I was about to say rabble, but uh, the issues going on at the club at the moment. I think you could probably safe mm. to say rabble. I yeah. think you'd get away with that this morning. I think Hawthorne as well. At, at one point, the reports were that uh, yeah. Hawthorne was leading the race for Jack Bowes as well. So there's, there's a couple of, Clubs sort of left with their tail between their legs already this trade period. Hawthorne is, is certainly one of those. Hawthorne, you're wondering, well, what are they going to do? Is it just all about getting the youngsters through the door after Carl Amon? St. Kilda's another one for me who haven't achieved anything really. Um, you know, Zane Cordy comes in, but nothing too much to get excited about at the Saints. So we'd love, I'd love the thoughts of those supporters of clubs that haven't done a whole lot so far this trade period or haven't even been speculated about doing much and are you frustrated with your club thinking, you know, Geelong get better, Mm. certainly Richmond get better, Port Adelaide are trying to get better and make some significant moves and there's some other clubs that uh, haven't done a whole lot. So what was your instant reaction to the the Jack Bowes news going to Geelong? And it has been strong, a lot lot of people, and we sort of touched on this yesterday, saying, well, how's this fair? Geelong are going to get their best draft pick since Joel Selwood plus a player. And they've just won the flag, but just goes to show what a what a well-run organisation they are. Yeah, I'm more down that track, Kane. About uh, well done to Geelong. They're they're just always, you know, they're very good around this period. Stephen Wells, uh, now Andrew Mackey, they don't mess around. They know what they want, and they always get there. And some even say Stephen Wells with the three draft picks for Jeremy Cameron. He just did it. He wanted his player. He doesn't mess around. Often gets deals done very very early. 
uh, in the piece. But what I liked about it is they get Jack Bowes, who was a pick 10, uh, highly regarded player. With that pick seven, they've got their eyes, you know, a lot of us will say, on a guy from Geelong. So his name's Jai Clark. I looked at Cal Toomey's ratings. Uh, he's mm. got him at pick six, but Geelong have pick seven. So, you know, if they can get Jack Bowes plus uh, Geelong product from Queenscliff down that way in Geelong, a tough inside midfielder, uh, and you can spread the 1.6 million over a four or five year period. That's what that's what I'm interested in your thoughts, Kane. Mm. Should they, they have to take the money? Uh, in the first two years, should that be part of a, a deal like this in the future? Yeah, now that, I, I think that's a reasonable question. So the same would apply to to any of those. Mm. Like even Melbourne with Brody Grundy, they yeah. who knows where that lands, but they may be able to smooth his money over yeah. six years instead of the remaining five. Um, yeah, I haven't had a mm. thought about that, but you probably you know, it's probably a reasonable case that you could make if you are prepared to do this and accept that salary situation. You've got to pay it up for the way that the contract w- was written up. Um, but I'm interested in your thoughts mm. out there as well. Have you say one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight, and the landscape of the trade period? Is it fair that Geelong off the back of a premiership get pick six, a great player, and continue to get better when the whole model of the AFL is around equalisation? Or is it just tip your cap and say, look, this, this club is just so well run, they're going to be really difficult to beat? That, that's the thing about this with Geelong. So I've sort of written them off for the last six or seven years mm. at the start of every year. You won't be doing it now because of their ability to, well, have the, have the runs on the board, but rejuvenate on the run. So I remember interviewing Stephen Wells about this time last year, and he said, look, there's going to be a point where we do fall off a cliff, and those that have been criticising uh, our list strategy will be proven right. But I'm not sure that's the case now. Mm. So Bose comes in at 23, 24, whatever he is. You're going to get the youth with the draft pick, their best since Joel Selwood. Ollie Henry's a second-year player, if they can pull that off, as is Tanner Bruin. So their ability to rejuvenate the list is what you would be really excited about at the Cats. Uh, Lordo, we love a big three-way trade, those big trades that don't often happen, but there's one that's been floated last night. So a three-way deal involving West Coast has been floated to unlock the Port Adelaide deal for Jason Von Francis. I'm reading this off the AFL website. Um, so AFL.com that he understands the three-way trade Impossibly, sorry, possibly involves the Eagles' number two pick, which would then be on traded to North Melbourne, and Horn Francis would be at Port Adelaide, and West Coast would receive Port's pick number eight and a future first round pick. Seems fair to me, all in all, but um, West Coast seemed to want a bit more, and North Melbourne probably want a bit more than pick two for Horn Francis yeah, as well. Yeah, not for mine, Kane. I know that uh, West Coast are uh, looking potentially at some Western Australian boys next year so yep. that they would like to get in so but I'd love to hear from any West Coast supporters out there how you feel about giving up pick two how you feel mm. about that because uh, I wouldn't want to be sliding back from two to eight uh, pick two uh, you know you just know what you're getting pick eight I know Joel Selwood and a few other players have gone around that selection mm. but it'd want to be a pretty special deal to move from pick two to pick eight in my opinion so uh, yes it unlocks does a lot of things for Port Adelaide uh, to be able to get Horn Francis with a straight pick two to North Melbourne, uh, nothing else. But if I'm West Coast, it'd want to be a special deal to go from pick two to pick eight. Yeah, so on the surface of it, when you look at the points value that's assigned to these draft picks, it, it seems pretty fair, but no, the points value is just a guide. So pick eight, Port Adelaide's pick this year, which would go to West Coast, is uh, 1,551. And then next year's first round is... Mm. 
you know, speculative because you don't know where Port Adelaide are going to finish. But if they finish sixth, say, yeah. uh, that would be pick 13. That's 1,212 points. So total is 2,763, which is more than the value of pick two by a couple of hundred points. But in the end, you're giving up a pretty special player with pick two. And and the name of that player, Lordo, that's going to go yeah, in and around uh, that George, pick. George Wardlaw is yeah. regarded as sort of, uh, yeah, Cal Toomey said he, he thinks he would have rivaled uh, Ashcroft for the first selection had he not hurt his hamstring a couple of times this year. So uh, there's also a, a guy by the name of Harry Sheasel who'll go maybe three or four, who's yeah, a, an unbelievable forward, like a, mm. like a half forward, goal kicker, uh, you know, takes marks, just a, just a, I don't know if he'll go into the midfield, but as good a pure sort of you know, strong bodied forward dynamic, like Petrarca style um, forward. So yep. that's what you're getting in the first three or four that won't be there at pick eight. So that's what West Coast have to think about, but also they're Victorian boys. So whether West Coast are setting themselves for West Australians. Uh, a lot of texts coming through this morning. Geelong are that good that Kane could have kicked a couple of snags in the forward line with Hawkins, Cameron, Stengel and Co. Will you back me in for a couple of goals in that Geelong forward line or not? Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe a Joe the Goose Kano over the top. I still haven't forgotten what you did to me yesterday. So, <laughs> And you have a long memory. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, another text coming through after missing on Bowes. Word is Hawthorne has made contact with Whitfield's management. I want to grill you on this yeah. a little bit later on in our audience about Nick Haynes and Lockie Whitfield and also... The big one is Toby Green as well. Now, Toby Green's name has just started to be floated in a very roundabout way. We'll get to that news a little bit later on. But in the meantime, John's with us nice and early this morning. Jack Bowes is off to the Cats. John, what did you make of it? Yeah, in regards to the contract situation, uh, the reason Gold Coast were in this position in the first place is they kept moving his money down the track. So if it's okay for Gold Coast to shuffle the money around, mm. surely it's okay for Geelong to do it as well. Good point. But the the issue, the other thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, I know this is trade radio. We talk about draft picks and how special they are. After Sal was retired at Geelong, Geelong have only got one guy on the list that's a single-digit draft pick in his draft year, and that was Gary Rowan. Hmm. So we talk about the, oh, we can't let these special talents go, pick two, pick this, pick that. Well, Geelong have found other ways to do it. Now, good have. call, John. I know I know. I uh, did this on Footy Classified uh, about maybe, I don't know, four or five, six weeks ago around you know, people who want to whack Geelong uh, for what they do, but you look at it, the international rookies, and then you got uh, Category B with Max Holmes came from you know an athletics background. Uh, mm. I know that uh, Mark Blixarves did. You know, you've got O'Connor, Tui, uh, you know, Brad Close, Brian Myers, all late down, down the order. Um, so, yeah, they've... They've done it really well. It just says a lot about their program and the way they do things. But they have obviously bought in Dangerfield, Jeremy Cameron, Cameron high-end yeah. talents as well. And then father-sons, how good have they been for them? Tommy yep. Tommy Hawkins, uh, been phenomenal for, for the Cats. Good on you, Johnny. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight is our number if you want to get involved as well. This is Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tires are engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. The other news yesterday is, you know, Deals have been done perhaps a little bit earlier than what they have been in previous trade periods, but North Melbourne did receive Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker, and a future third-round pick, um, and there was a, a few swaps back with that. But Griffin Logue has accepted a, a deal of a lifetime, uh, Lordo, really, with North Melbourne. Now it's going to be pretty painful for him playing there, but a big deal for Griffin Logue. Are you, are you comfortable with North in the situation that they're at, paying 
big yeah, figure talk to me a through player. The years yeah. and the, do you, we know the years. And yeah, the it's been. It's it, we don't know exactly yeah. what it is, but you know yeah. I have heard figures of seven hundred thousand, and and that is that is dangerous yeah. when you're just going off reports because until those wages are public, you won't know. But in the end, it's going to be a significant deal yeah. for him to move. And considering he was left out of Fremantle's mm. side at stages this year and was thrown all over the place. It's a bit of a risky one for North yeah. Melbourne. We spoke about Taron Thomas and Jared Pollock of the past. Where, where it's a worry for North is uh, Aiden Kaur got a huge deal to go to North Melbourne, as did yeah. as Will Griffin Logue. So you're going to have mm. two guys maybe around the $700,000 mark that, to me, aren't number one key defenders. They're, they're, I'd, I'd, Griffin Logue's got to compete harder and mm. for longer, and yet he's going to come in uh, on a high-end deal. So... Um, you know, I don't view any of those two as a guy that go, okay, put him on Tom Hawkins and yep. he'll do the job for us. Or put us put him on Charlie Dixon and he'll do the job for us. So you, but you're paying overs to get them to North Melbourne, which they sort of have to. And a lot of these clubs are getting themselves into trouble having to make those deals. Yeah, and he's he's more of a medium-sized yeah. defender, isn't he? I think that the best defenders and the way the game is going is those 200-plus centimetre Darcy Moore, mm. uh, Sam DeConing type sort of sort of taken the league by storm, and he's, he's not going to be that. But North fans, it was a perhaps a little win on a time that has been quite depressing for the club. one 23 48 if you're going to have your say on that. Gold Coast have got Ben Long. Lauder on a future fourth-round pick for pick 32 um, from the Saints, and they were quite busy yesterday. They also got Tom Berry from from Brisbane for for not yeah. much, but Bose goes out. Ben Long and Tom Berry come back in. Not a whole lot to get excited about yeah. at Gold Coast. So what I, I've been intrigued by the whole Tom Berry and, and what Brisbane are doing is what they have to do. Like Brisbane have got that much to get done uh, in the next couple of weeks. So they've got Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher, who are both. Mm. Yeah, Ashcroft is the best kid in the country. Fletcher's regarded as around you know fifteen to twenty. So they've got two fantastic players. So they're trying to bolster points to try and match the bids. So Brisbane now have, you know, they got rid of an early selection because they, they really need points. So they've got mm. now pick 19, pick 25, pick 34, pick 35, pick 36. So they're doing all that to, to yeah, uh, match the points. So they picked up 900 extra points to match those bids. But their yep. issue is how do they get Dunkley? into the club. How do they get Gunston? So Gunston will be a later selection. Mm. But at the moment, Kane, they've got pick 19 and 25. And the Doggies, they're going to they're gonna go hard here to try and get a trade. So uh, Brisbane have still got a fair bit of work to do here to get yeah. this Dunkley deal done. 100%. And once yeah. again, the, the, the value has been set by that Taranto deal, yeah. 12 and 19 to Richmond. They're about exactly the same value we would have thought Josh Dunkley and Tim Taranto. And... Uh, later on today, uh, the Crows are expected to finalise the deal for Isaac Rankin. So he's on the verge of becoming a Crow. They've almost uh, done that as well. Of course, he was pick three in 2018. The Crows pick five will be involved. We'll just wait and see how much extra stuff is coming through with that one. Uh, this text coming through on the back of West Coast potentially giving up pick two. I'm okay with that, but not for pick eight and Port's future first. Realistically, you'd want two picks inside the top 12. Eagles will then have two top 12 picks and then pick 20 and 26. Back their recruiting staff and take advantage of the best draft hand they have had in a decade. Love your texts. Love your calls. We are up and running. It's the early trade for Ty Power. Family safety is never up for trade. And Danny Daly is going to join us as well from the Brisbane Lions. Lord, oh, you just touched on them and how they get all this stuff done. So mm. thrilled to have him on the program. There's a lot of questions we'll put to him. Just key players in this trade period and their 
making their move to try and pull off everything that they need to improve their list. He will join us after 8.30. Your call's next. And the news of the day, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Back after this. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Oh, we've got a stinger for it, Lord O's of music. It's what the people want. It's a very early edition of Truth or Spin this morning. If you're just joining us, if you're new to Trade Radio, it's where we play a little bit of audio from the key players this trade period, and then we decide whether they're spinning their way through it or whether it is actually the truth. The first one this morning is from your man, Tom Brown, from Channel 7. Let's have a listen to his report on Channel 7 on Toby Green. Your Trade Radar. Tim, Toby Green's name came up today, the star Giants. I think several clubs have the view that he's a bit frustrated that Hopper and Taranto have both gone to the Tigers or will go to the Tigers. But I was checked with sources directly aligned to Green tonight. There's no prospect of a trade. There's no prospect of a trade for Green this period. He's got four years to run on a deal worth north of a million dollars a year. He's also the Giants' coveted co-captain. Come on, Tom. You can't speculate that his name's been mentioned and then say there's no prospect of him being traded. But, Lordo, the thought of Toby Green being gettable in the next, I don't know, one to two seasons. Truth or spin? Well, I think he's copping it a bit, Tom Brown. Uh, it's interesting because uh, I've heard rumours too around right. whether he's unhappy uh, at the club. But uh, you've got to be careful. So I haven't uh, gone with anything like that. So uh, just you do hear whispers around that he's... But again, I'm I'm doing the same yeah. thing as Tom. So yeah, I think that's it's spin because he's going nowhere. Mm. But I think Tom's probably just putting out there first that potentially, you know, he, he's he's got some concerns about where how the Giants are tracking. If Toby Green was on the market, and this is what we do here, which club would be best suited to trying to attract Toby Green on it? So say a monster. Offer because I think he'd be you know be amazing for St Kilda. I think they would love mm. to get him after missing out on Jordan Ngoi. Unlikely this year, but with a big deal perhaps in future. Does he well, fit in at the Saints or, yeah, or the Bombers? Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I think uh, even the Sydney Swans. You know that. Mm. Uh, yeah. So but anyway, I'm con- conscious again of throwing out a club because uh, we'd be criticised ourselves because he's a Giants player, and I'm sure they'll be come out super strong today, the Giants, to to whack that one down for yeah, his Jimmy. name being mentioned. Jimmy Bartell was on radio yesterday. He was asked about the prospect of trading Toby Green, and it was just a blunt no mm. four years to go on that contract. But his name was mentioned on Channel 7 last night, so we brought it up here. Still at the Giants, uh, our man Cal Toomey from afl.com.au spoke about a couple of their stars. Hopper's in contract, but if a deal isn't reached, could they look to keep him and, and then instead sacrifice some salary cap space elsewhere through different players. So I understand the Giants would be open to conversations on Lockie Whitfield and Nick Haynes and, and clubs would be looking at that. Haynes has two years left on a, a back-ended contract at the Giants while Whitfield has five years left on his deal that goes through to the end of 2027. So I'm interested to see if if a stag- if the stagnant nature of the Hopper discussion continues, yeah. will a club put their hand up and go hard for one of these other guys, knowing with Haynes you'd spread out that contract. With Whitfield, it's it's not a back-ended deal from what I can understand, but it's obviously a long-term, deal. a long-term lucrative deal. Would a club put up its hand and go for one of these guys? And then in turn, that would create the salary cap relief that 
clearly losing Jacob Hopper would do as well. Let's deal with these one mm. by one. Nick Haynes, we've touched on a little bit. There, is there a club out there, Lordo, Truth or Spin, that would be interested in, in picking up that massive deal at the Giants? 12 months ago, you'd say, oh, I'd jump all over Nick yeah, Haynes. Same. But he completely, uh, I think they didn't help him. He was playing half forward uh, for mm. some games late in the year and he just lost his way uh, as the team did for most of it. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing. on significant money. Um, you know, yeah, the talk is up yeah, close to a million dollars. Mm. Uh, but as Cal said, it may well be back-ended. So uh, I think Whitfield would be more attractive at this point in time. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the one I'm interested mm. in. Lockie Whitfield, five years to go on that big deal. Um, there would be clubs out there. I mean, once again, his his year was, was ordinary by his standards. But you know, previously, he has had a season that he looks like one of the top five players in the whole of the competition. Mm. And has real running power and weapons that a number of teams would love. But once again, it's a five-year risk that you would take on a player yeah. that probably hasn't lived up to those uh, the contract that he's been signed for. So for me, like if I was Richmond uh, and I would I would look at a Taranto and a Whitfield more than mm. a Taranto and Hopper. So if you better could, fit. Better fit. If you could get uh, yeah uh, one insider and one hard runner on the outside that would be perfect so that's where I've always been interested in going for both Hopper and Taranto um yeah I, I so yeah I think he'd be very attractive Whitfield Tigers fans you've offered Hopper seven years instead would you turn your attention to Whitfield for mm. five years and a better balance through that midfield 0419187323 and those names, I think those two will continually be spoken about through the rest of this trade period. So to watch this space, uh, love Stephen Silvani's work on the late trade with Damo. Um, and let's have a listen to what he had to say about Carlton on baller Paddy Dow. Um, oh, look, I, I think he's an AFL player. It's just, uh, I, I look at him and yes, he didn't get a lot of midfield time. I think no. he played two games this year. Um, he's, Apparently his VFL form was outstanding. Um, so, you know, sometimes a new coach comes in and you're not in his mix for whatever reason. He's happy with another mix in the midfield, which obviously that's 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 happened. But for Paddy, it's whether he's going to be able to break into that midfield, um, whether that um, he can find another position. Really, for the first three or four years. Um, you know, he did his first year. He played quite uh, quite a bit in the midfield, um, but then was shifted to a half forward mm. flank, which can be the death death roll, the death. The seat. high half forward, yep. I think it's spin. I don't think Paddy Dow's an AFL player. I'm I'm calling that one out. Five seasons into his AFL career, I know he's a high draft pick. If you cannot get a game and you're only playing four games in your fifth season of football, and they really struggle to find a home for you wherever that is in the midfield. I don't think he's good enough, so I think that's spin. And he's going to just have to try and fight it out at Carlton. I'm with you, Kane, uh, and and that's a real reality check for for players who at this time of year and and the phone doesn't ring and the manager's not getting any calls and you're being told you just got to wait till the end of trade period. There's so many other deals that need to get done. You're one that just has to wait till probably the the last day, really, and and that's where Paddy Dow fits. That uh, I'm sure he'd love an opportunity somewhere else, but yeah, it doesn't look like it, it's coming for him. Matty Rendell spoke about perhaps why Collingwood are comfortable to let Brody Grundy go. An issue for some coaches where you're paying your highest paid player at the club yep. uh, on a on a heap with a heap to go because he's not a doesn't bad, offer not... much in the leadership stakes around but, the club or on the field. Right, 
bar having a massive crack every game he plays yeah. in. Brody Grundy's leadership being called into question, Lordo, well, truth or spin? Taylor Adams said it's spin. Uh, he, he wasn't happy with that, saying, how, how would you know? How would you know? So uh, Matty made the point that he's never been voted into the leadership group. That's uh, a good point, yeah, though. Yep. It, oh, I, think that, I think that's a reasonable point from Matty Rendell. You've got a star player at that stage of his career, mm. never been voted into the leadership group. Now, Brody might have put his hand up and said, I don't, I don't want to be in the leadership yeah. group. I play with Robbie Gray, and you know, at times, I, I don't, oh, that's not me. I don't want to be in the leadership group. But unusual, I would have thought, for Brody Grundy to have never been in the mm. leadership group. I think that's a reasonable point. But it's interesting, though. Like Dustin Fletcher... Uh, was never mm. one either. Uh, that was I, I don't know if he was ever in the leadership group. Was never considered. Would never be considered for a captain because he never wanted that. That's not his personality. I actually mentored Brody Grundy in the AOS Academy, and Gr- mm. Brody. I remember talking to him one day, and I said, "Oh, you, you shouldn't model your game on Matthew Cruiser, like because Cruiser was flying at the time, and his second efforts, he's back on the ball. You're sort of that as a right." And he said, um, who, "Who does Cruiser play for?" And right. and and he he said. I said, mate, you've got to be more of a footy head. He goes, no, that's that's not me. That's just mm. not who I am. I like to check out. I love my music. I like to mm. do this. And I had to understand that that was his personality, that he comes to play his footy. But everyone loved him, though. So mm. a great person, but um, he's not Scott Pendlebury. So you can have different type of people uh, that make football clubs, but they don't have to be leaders in a sense. Yeah, and give me a player who has a crack unconditionally yeah. and that as Maddie said that's exactly what Brody Grundy does so I don't really care what he does off the field if you know he puts his hand up you know week in week out and gives maximum effort and I don't think anyone could accuse Brody Grundy of not doing that Griffin Logue signed with North Melbourne yesterday and he spoke about why and what is it about North Melbourne that appeals to you oh yeah plenty I mean um, obviously a great spot um, in, in the town and I grew up in WA, so it's a lot, a lot different to, to there. And um, good group of guys, and the history of the club, and and where it's situated, just really appeals to me. And yeah, opportunity to really work with a uh, well-established coach and um, someone I can get along with. Bit of spin, surely there from from Griffin. Yeah. He's talking about the location of North Melbourne. Great group of guys who he's probably never met. Yep. A coach who he doesn't know who's going to be there. Yep. Spinning his way through that Can't one. Can't argue with that, Taka. Can't argue with, with the spin from Griffin. But what else can he say, I suppose? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a good effort. Yeah. There's points for trying. Now, Richard Douglas went on Sports Day SA over here in Adelaide. And he reckons this player is going to be better than Jason Orn Francis. Could you offer up a Jake Saligo in next year's first rounder if you're trying to have a crack at Horn Francis? Uh, you could, but I wouldn't. Jake's okay. will be a better footballer than Jason Horn Francis. Is that right? There you go. Yep. Um, I think uh, they'd be silly if they're not doing a bit of research into Jason. Um, so they'll be putting the feelers out there. But if he wants to get to Port, obviously his stepfather, Fabian Francis, was at Port. There's a link there with the footy club. Um, they probably won't step in his way. But uh, I think they would be a little bit uh, hesitant knowing uh, – what he's been through at North Melbourne, I'm sure they might be a bit gunshot on that one. Jake Saligo, a better player than Jason Horn Francis. Come on, Richie, that's spin. Did he have his crow's goggles on? Oh, I think he might have had his crow's slippers on yeah. there. So Saligo's a good player. Don't get me wrong, I, I like him. He's been impressive. 16 games, six goals, pick 36 in 2021. But 
He's no Jason Horn Francis. So, Richie, get those Crows slippers off and call it properly because Jason Horn Francis can be a much better player than Saliga. And we just got a text too that uh, Brody Grundy was in the 2021 leadership group. So we'll check that out. Uh, thanks, Matthew, uh, who, who let us know that. So, yeah, um, yeah interesting thoughts from uh, Matty Rendell. There you go. Thanks for pointing that out. But certainly hasn't been common practice for him to be a regular member of that leadership group. That was Truth or Spin. And if you have a thought on that, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight is the number. On the other side of this, all the news of the day. It is Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires Engine in Germany, proven in Australia. Back after this. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Yep, a lot of news around for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. As we've spoken about this morning, the age will first report that Geelong will be asked to give up a future second round pick to take on the salary of Jack Bowes after the Suns midfielder nominated them as his club of choice. So in the end, I'm not sure Geelong will be too fussed about doing that if they have to, because they're getting pick seven as well as a player who they see fitting into their midfield. Geelong's going to take their best pick in 16 years to the draft if the deal is completed. So not since Joel Selwood in 2006 have they selected a player inside the top nine. Um, Nakaya Cockatoo was pick 10 of 2014, Lordo, and he's no longer there. No, it's good. it's really exciting. Uh, so exciting, and for Geelong, like rather than take a kid, uh, you know, with you know, in the draft, national draft, uh, or too many of them, to get Tanner Brune, who's done a two-year apprenticeship, and to get Ollie Henry, who's done a was he done one, uh, one two. year, no, two years two, as well, yeah. and then Bose, who's done maybe five or six. Uh, yeah, they they should be even stronger next year, even without Joel Selwood playing. Yep, and a big three-way trade has been speculated involving North Melbourne, West Coast and Port Adelaide, but Ryan Daniels from Channel 7 in Perth over there, he's, he's got his finger on his on the pulse with everything relating to Fremantle and West Coast. He says, as it stands, West Coast would not pull the trigger on a three-way trade with North and Port Adelaide. Pick eight, the future first uh, for pick two, and Rioli has been floated, but sources say the deal won't happen in its current state. Significantly more would need to be included for West Coast. Uh, not dead, but a fair way off from happening. Ben Long has secured his desired move to the Gold Coast, so he's heading to the Suns along with a future fourth in exchange for pick 32. Uh, and the Gold Coast Suns have welcomed Tom Berry with Brisbane receiving picks 25 and 36 this year, so a bit of small forward pressure, sort of grunt player heading to Gold Coast and probably not a bad move from Brisbane. Danny Daly's going to join us uh, shortly on the program to discuss everything that's happening at the Brisbane Lions. Ken, I'm interested in Rioli and how that way. Mm. I'm intrigued with him as a, as a footballer and, and what he does from here. Uh, so Rioli, he's 27 years old. He's played 51 games. He's kicked 60 goals. Uh, you know, and there was you know, this talk within the article that they'd like to separate the deal and is he a first-round selection? Is he a second-round selection? How do you view mm. Rioli? Uh, no, I, I see him as a, a late second, mm. early third. Um, the problem for Port Adelaide is once you commit to the player, you've got a responsibility to get that deal done. So you know, West Coast are unhappy about this and I can certainly understand West Coast's point of view with the support that they've offered him with everything that's gone on. So... I mean, he's he's a nice addition to Port Adelaide. It wouldn't have been one of my priorities. I certainly wouldn't have given him a four-year contract. Uh, he's a player that I think needs to needs to work for those contracts. And having 
that level of security for him, I don't think will be a good thing. Um, but having said that, if he's prepared to work extremely hard and get a lot fitter than what he has been and get involved in the Port Adelaide system, he's a player of need because of Robbie Gray leaving. Fantasia's body continually lets him down and they, they don't really have an elite small forward. So I'd be okay giving that pick 33 for, for Junior Rioli, but he's got to get a lot fitter. And I hope Port Adelaide have set some benchmarks yeah, around that. I'd agree with that. Uh, we've got a text, Kane. How do you think Geelong get all their deals done? So... Uh, it's a good question. So after pick seven, which they were used in the draft, they've got pick 18. So you you think that that goes, and, and you wonder if that could be a straight swap for any of them. So I think both clubs will want more. So Jack Henry went around that, sorry, uh, Ollie Henry went around that selection, maybe mm. went at pick 17, and he's played you know, 20, 25 games. So uh, I reckon Geelong would love to use that pick on Henry, but Collingwood would say, no, we want a little bit more than that. And yeah, then, we... Sp- Bruin. Spoke to Andrew Mackey about yeah. that. Has, yeah. Just just before you get to Bruin, Ollie Henry's value hasn't increased but hasn't decreased. No. So I would think it's around the same. Yep. So that that could you know just about be right. Pick eighteen for Henry, and then you've got Tanner Bruin, who's who was a pick ten around that mark, and so they may have to use a future a future selection on him. How Geelong can get those deals mm. done. And our man Mitch Cleary is reporting that Brisbane's Reese Matheson, uh, the barometer, is exploring a trade. So he's got a year to run on his deal at the Lions, but he's already conscious of players such mm. as Dunkley and Ashcroft arriving. I would think it's a good move for Reese to explore his options. I'm not exactly sure what club he would fit into, but um, you know maybe that bash and crash sort of depth player that... One of the younger clubs might need yeah. you know, someone like North Melbourne may look to to add him to their squad and and help out some of those those younger names. Our number, if you want to have your say, is one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. The manager of Riley Bonner spoke to Trade Exchange yesterday. Of course, his client Riley Bonner has been speculated in a deal involving Jason Horn Francis. Let's have a listen to whether he would explore a move away from Port Adelaide. I've had discussions with Port over the last couple of weeks. They're obviously trying to do a lot of things at the moment, um, you know, with Rioli and Horn Francis and uh, that they've got going on. So they've said, look, if there was an opportunity for Riley, they would look at it. Um, same thing, not exactly pushing him out, but I think they need, you know, some maybe some list spots for what they're trying to do. Um, and look, with where Riley sits, he's played a lot of footy at halfback. Um, they've moved one of our other boys, Kane Farrell, I think is going to play at halfback. Burgoyne's come in. Um, so if he moves up to a wing, they've got, Dave Dersmer, who's one of ours as well, yep. Bergman. They've got a bit of depth in those areas. So I think trying to get in the players they are, Rolly may be you know, able to move on if there was something out there for him. So be a home for him and one of those ones where it feels like club and player would be happy to explore that. If not, uh, he would stay. Uh, Lloydie, this text coming through, just wondered why the Ds didn't go after Gunston. The one thing that we are missing is a key smart forward. Or do you just think it was more about the lifestyle in Brisbane? But he would have fit in at the D's, wouldn't he, Jack Gunston? Yeah, he would have. Uh, but he, very similar to Bailey Fritch, though, uh, in terms of the way they both might play. Uh, Gunston could fit in probably with any forward line the way he does mm. play the game. But uh, to me, yeah, he's got so many relationships up there. Uh, Chris Fagan, uh, Cameron Bruce, and he worked together at Brisbane. Uh, you've got Luke Hodge. You've got Grant Birchall. So this has probably been in the works for a while, I would have thought, with Gunston to Brisbane. And this text, if you're Melbourne, are you worried about Grundy's soft tissue injuries and him missing games? Well, yeah, I would be. Well, that's the case with any long-term deal. And Brody Grundy has done a power of work for a long time in the ruck, and his body broke down this year. But they'd be backing in their medical team to 
to get him right and share those duties with Max Gorn and perhaps not carry the workload that he has over the last 10 years at Collingwood. Saul's in Caulfield. You want to speak about Luke Jackson? Good morning to you and welcome to Trade Radio, Saul. Yeah, how are you going, boys? Good. I'm just wondering, what do Fremantle actually have to do practically to get a pick within the top 10 to satisfy Melbourne with this uh, Luke Jackson deal? Well, at the moment, Fremantle only have two selections, Saul. So they have pick 13 and then pick 89. So, uh, and and as far as I know, you have to have at least one pick in the draft. Uh, so, so what will happen is, uh, yeah, they'll have to maybe go into next year as well. Uh, with with yeah, you, know, you can go into deficit and you can go into next year. So mm. uh, that that's what uh, they'll have to do. You would have thought maybe uh, yeah, some more action that they'll need to do with with players and picks to to satisfy uh, the Melbourne Footy Club. Yeah, and in the end, he's out of contract. So th- there is always the prospect of him going through the draft and potentially landing at West Coast with what they have got. So be in Melbourne's best interest to work it out. So Fremantle's current pick 13. Next year's first round mm-hmm. draft pick and perhaps something else is what I think will end up happening with that deal. Good on you, Saul. Thanks for your question. Matt's on the Gold Coast. Hi, Matt. G'day, mate. How are you? We're good. Hey, um, I was just, um, I, I heard you bring up um, Matheson just before, but we're, we're looking at, obviously, with the Pies, with Fiorini or, or Mitchell, who would be your, your target if you're going after maybe one or two of them? Or if, if uh, Matheson might be a cheaper option, there's a bit of a, a bit of a hard nut in the middle there to give it out to Goey and Pendles. The barometer at the Pies, mm. Lordo. Uh, Matt, um, I, I think they've committed to Fiorini, uh, so he'll come a lot cheaper, I would have thought. So Tom Mitchell, the hard part is he's, um, you know, he, he'd come with a fair salary uh, at, at Hawthorne. He's a Brownlow medalist, so, yeah, you'd think he'd be close to, you know, I'm not sure, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars mm. $800,000, uh, whereas Fiorini, I'm sure he's paid well, like most of them up there at the Gold Coast. But, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's younger. Uh, I think they've committed to him. So I think he'd be, and you've got to be careful. To me, Matheson, it's good he got, got into that team late with Jared Lyons out. But I'm not sure Matheson gets many games at a top, nah. top, uh, many, many top sides. And I'm not, he doesn't take it too, too far. I love what Collingwood did. I like the speed at which they play. So I'd be careful of changing that dynamic at Collingwood because I just love the mix. Everyone goes fast. Every mm. every forward line's dynamic. The backs are dynamic. The midfield is dynamic with Crisp and Dagoe. So I think you only take one of those players. And, and to me, it looks like it's Fiorini. Good on you, Matt. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Shepparton and speak to Frank. And you want to speak about Brody Grundy as well, Frank. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Kane, Lloydy. Um, look, I'm just a bit confused with the whole Brody Grundy. I don't have an issue with accepting a late pick in the 25-27 for him. Uh, but I think at that pick, you shouldn't be really contributing much at all to his salary. Or, or alternatively, my feeling is if we, we get a better pick in the first rounder, then we probably should be contributing. So it just seems strange we're still contributing a fair portion of his um, uh, contract, plus a late pick. Mm. Yeah, as Kane touched on, like when you, you openly know or clubs know that they need this to happen, you're sort of up against it. You lose your bargaining power in a sense. And that's sort of what I feel like with Brody Grundy, that uh, they've lost a bit of that bargaining power because they, they're open and everyone knows. And how many other clubs are in for Brody Grundy at the moment? Well, just, mm. just one. Just one. So that makes it pretty difficult for Collingwood to have uh, much bargaining power in this situation. 
Good on you, Frank. Thanks for your thoughts, mate, and your concerns. You can have your say and continue to do that right throughout the morning if you want to join in the conversation with us. On the other side of this, if I was, we'll put ourselves in the situation of someone through this trade period and answer that question. It is the early trade for Ty Power. Family safety is never up for trade. If I was, for Henley Homes. Build a Henley solar-powered all-electric home and save up to 70% on your energy bills. You can buy a Henley Completed Home and move in now. If I was, Henley Completed Homes now selling in Mickleham and Tarnit. Henley.com.au. Check them out. Uh, for mine, I want to have a listen to, um, well, St Kilda's new footy boss, Jeff Walsh, speaking on SEN Breakfast yesterday. So, you know, you'd have to ask you know, Simon Lethlone and Andrew Bassett, but whether that is, appeals to them in me, um, I don't know. And... and and, and this might sound abrasive and the Saints fans might get upset, but one of the things that I think, you know, when asked about, you know, how do I see St Kilda, I, I, I think the competition um, would, would say there's been a degree of irrelevance. Um, and, I, and, and, and that might, as I say, that, that, that should be abrasive. That, that should um, sort of choke uh, down, down people's throats. And, 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 and I hope that going forward, that I can contribute to um, a, a profile that, uh, that, that gives the Saints the due respect that they crave. So if I was a Saints fan, Lord, I, I would actually love hearing that. Now, I think sometimes you, um, you need to hear what you need to know and not what you want to hear, and that's exactly what he's delivered there. I um, feel like he's got a, a hard edge, and he's been pretty honest with the Saints supporters. So I heard that and thought, no, good on you for being as honest as you could have been, because some Saints fans wouldn't have liked it. But if I was a Saints fan, I would have enjoyed hearing that. Yeah, I'm down a similar theme with if I was if I was Brett Ratton and Jack Steele, I'd walk into his office and say, "Okay, mm. let's discuss this because uh, we're not going to argue with you, but let's discuss it. What do we need to do as a football club? Let's get all the leaders in the room, Simon Lethley in the fourth one, and go. Okay, how do we change this? Uh, and then Jeff Walsh may say, "What about our game style? Mm. Do we need to?" Uh, play a more attractive style. You know, sometimes St Kilda are playing slow. Then the next week they're playing fast. But you look at the style of Geelong. You know, I know it's a, a copycat industry at times. You've mm. got to think of the next way you're going to win. But the way Geelong become more attractive to everyone this year, I think Sydney Swans moved the ball quick and exciting. Collingwood took the competition by storm. I reckon if I'm speaking to Justin Longmuir, Justin, you've got to take a few more risks, I reckon. Yep. If you're going to go on and win a premiership, you're a bit too safe this year. And St Kilda, you've got Max King down there. Get it in there fast mm. here. Rowan Marshall, can he be more excited? Can get Jade Gresham in? I think that's where um, you know, Dugowie would have been brilliant for St Kilda because he <laughs> brings a bit of spunk mm. to them. But uh, it's about uh, the excitement that can, uh, can be brought to St Kilda. Well. Saints fans, what do you reckon? You can join in with us and have your say. Jeff Walsh's cult comments were strong and Lordo suggesting that all the key pillars get in a room and nut out exactly where the club is going. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. James is in Caulfield. You want to speak about Brody Grundy? Welcome, Jimmy. Hey, guys. Um, you know, I know the media is obviously saying, you know, he wants to go to Melbourne so that we all talk about that. But one thing I'm just so baffled about is... He's easily top three, top five ruckman in the league when fit Grundy. Uh, I'm a Geelong supporter, but I, I think about how many teams need a real tap ruckman. I remember when Melbourne um, went and got Bruce 
thinking, you know, that combination would work with Gorn. One thing we know with Grundy is he's definitely not uh, a guy who can play forward and back. Mm. And not only am I concerned that it wouldn't work, them two together, I just can't understand how half the league's not trying to get this guy to their club. And I think your objections are fair and reasonable. And I think there's a lot of people, James, um, pondering the same thing. I mean, this is... This is unusual to do this. And Lordy spoke about Braden Proust yesterday and Simon Goodwin's willingness to have two Ruckman. They would suggest that they've made it work pretty well with Luke Jackson and Max Gorn, and it'll be a similar setup because I don't think Jackson's a forward either, and, and nor is Max Gorn. But it does give them a point of difference and a flexibility. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm as interested in you to see how this works, but I love the fact that Melbourne have been bold. And in the end, if it doesn't work, you're going to get two first-round draft picks for Luke Jackson. Collingwood are paying 300 grand of the wage. Max Gorn's not getting any younger, so you do have a pretty good backup to Max Gorn if if he was to get injured. That's that's the worst-case scenario. The best case is that you've got two unbelievable ruckmen dominating through the midfield forward and back throughout the year. Um, so I think it's a risk worth taking. The thing about it, James, like I've just been, as you made your call, looking at it. So he doesn't want to go interstate. So that takes out all the interstate teams. He's happy in Melbourne. Mm. So, you know, Carlton, uh, they've got Pitnett. He's a better player than him, but uh, they've loaded up on other players. So they do not have the salary cap room for it. Essendon have Draper. You take Draper over mm. him at this point in time. Uh, you've... You know, Geelong, you know, they, they've got interests elsewhere. Uh, I know it's Reece Stanley and uh, and uh, Johnny Segler. But, yep. um, you know, they've, they've got interests elsewhere. Richmond have Nan Curvis. Uh, St Kilda have Rowan Marshall. Mm. And the Western Bulldogs have English and Lobb. So there really isn't a, there's such a, a type of unique player that there's not too many options for him. So he's fortunate that Melbourne jumped for him. Yeah, so there was, was Sydney and the Giants were interested, I think, and certainly Port Adelaide had some discussions. I think he'd be perfect at Adelaide, but he didn't want yeah. to leave. So he's, he's happy there, and he didn't have to leave because he's got that contract, and you know the prospect of joining Melbourne would be exciting for him. So, look, I love it, but I can understand your queries about how exactly it is going to work. Uh, James, if you want to have your say on that, you can do so. Uh, we've got the big list coming up. Lordo, I'm going to give you a spell from the list because you've been dominant in that space Uh, And we'll get to that on the other side of this. I can't believe some of the list management errors that have been made and the fact that these list managers get away with it. So the top six list management errors that have been made in recent times, the list is coming up on the other side of this. This is the early trade for tyre power. Tyre power's free safety check ensures your car is safe. Get the power with tyre power. Lloydie's List for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Uh, It is time for the list. It's for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with their roof rack solutions. Visit rhinorack.com to learn more. Uh, The Jack Bowe situation yesterday where he decided that he wants to join Geelong had me thinking about some of the disastrous mistakes that some list managers have made and I don't think there's ever been a bigger golf between the best list managers in the game and the worst and I don't think we can let off some of the gigantic errors that have been made particularly I I think in the last six to seven years has been some absolute howlers and there will continue to be that so it's time we called it out Lord. I'm looking forward to this Kano yeah can't wait all right right, well let's get uh, stuck into it now these aren't there's there's others of course but these are just my favorite list management disasters that have been made. At number six, um, 
I think your brother might have been involved in this on the right side of it, Lord O, but 2017, Lockie Weller was traded from Fremantle to Gold Coast for pick two. And this isn't hindsight. I mean, at the time, we're doing trade radio going, hang on, they're not serious, are they? They're trading Lockie Weller, who's, who's a good, solid citizen, but he's not pick two. And in the end, it was made worse by the selection that Fremantle picked. And, and that man is, is Andrew Brasher. And the season that he had was one of the more impressive seasons that I've seen from a young midfielder. So he's still only 22 years of age. He won the AFL MVP Lee Matthews Trophy. He's an All-Australian. He's a best and fairest winner. But more importantly than that, he's a future captain and plays the position of midfield as good as anyone two-way mm. in the game. And um, you've spoken about his loyalty, and, and I don't think he would have been a player if Gold Coast had selected him that would have taken off because he, he wanted to be a one-club player. Yeah, you're right, Kane. He'd be, a, he'd be a captain. He'll be a captain of any club he, he goes to, I would have thought. But I remember seeing the vision of Scotty Clayton, and you could see even he was yeah. – he didn't seem extremely happy. So I think the club said, you know, we've got Lockie Weller who wants to come to us. We've just got to make this deal happen. Fremantle knew that and uh, made Gold Coast pay a full price with that one. Yeah, sets Fremantle up so well. Unfortunately, a few of these errors in, do involve the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Rory Atkins got a four – some are saying a five-year contract at the Gold Coast Suns when he couldn't get a game for Adelaide, so I could never understand that. He's reportedly paid $500,000 a year, and clearly that hasn't worked at Gold Coast. So the signature of Rory Atkins, when you're looking at them trying to get rid of money off their books, and Jack Bowes mm. goes at the age of 24, and you've still got players like Rory Atkins who they've committed a fair chunk of salary cap to, is, is an absolute mystery for me. At pick four, it's the Eagles. So they spend half their salary cap, Lordo, on seven players. Now tell me if that is a good strategy. So McGovern, you know, one of the, the highest paid players in the game, and whilst at his best has, has got a good CV and a good resume, hasn't delivered on the contract that he's paid. Uh, Andrew Gaff's the same. Uh, they signed him on a, on a massive deal, and once again an All-Australian, but a limited footballer is Andrew Gaff, considering his age as well. Tim Kelly, we know uh, what a disaster that has been for West Coast, not only what they pay him, but what they gave up to get him. Jack Darling, Elliot Yo just doesn't play. Luke Shuey and Nick Natanui are the seven players that West Coast pay half of their salary cap to. Now, compare that to your thoughts on Geelong and their pay structure and the way that they smooth that out. doesn't make any sense, and that's the reason the Eagles are in the situation that they are in. At North Melbourne, well, they gave Joe Polek five years for $3.5 million, and after three seasons, he was delisted. Joe Polek, I know they did re-pick him up, but played five games in 2021, two games this year, and uh, is still got another year at North Melbourne on the back of that five-year contract that they gave him. Uh, no surprises at two is Brody Grundy's seven-year, $7 million deal, and once again, this isn't hindsight. At the time, we said, what a ridiculous um, decision to give a Ruckman $7 million for seven years. So two seasons in, he's gone, and Collingwood are going to be paying 300000 of his salary for him to go and play at a, a rival premiership contender this year. And number one, it's got to be Jack Bowes. So in 2019, so I, you, you look into this a bit closer. You go, so when did Jack Bowes sign this contract extension? Well, in 2019, he signed a contract extension and through until the end of 2024. He was already contracted until the end of 2020. There was no need for Gold Coast to give him the extra years, so the extra three years on top of a, a season and a half that he already had. And at that time, I mean, he played 30 games, 35 games, and they'd committed to an extension that they didn't need to do. And the fact that they've 
you know, owe him 1.6 million. You could even think about paying a player that had played 35 games. That kind of money is ridiculous. So three of those mistakes mm. involving Gold Coast. I think a few have dodged a bullet, Kano, in your list. Right. Uh, Dan Hanbury deal. Yeah, yeah. That was low-hanging That was low was hanging fruit. Okay, Stephen yeah. Canillo's contract. Yeah, yeah. Disaster. But, uh, yeah. No. Josh Kelly, same. Yeah, so, no, but I think, uh, yeah, it's uh, a good point. Even the Eagles one, that's big. The, those seven players, Jared Pollock. Yeah, it's uh, Atkins is a massive one because, mm. uh, yeah, their issues and they're letting go a young kid like Bose when Atkins is going to sit mm. there pretty much for how many more years would he have, three? Uh, I, think he's, I think he's had three. Um, and some are saying it's a, a four or five year deal. Some are saying so he could still have another yeah. couple of seasons, and he's clearly not in their best team. So, uh, and I was just thinking about the the Lockie Weller one mm-hmm. and your point off the top. So we we touched on the big three way trade that has been speculated involving West Coast giving up pick two, mm-hmm. and you're right. Like the the risk of doing mm-hmm. it is as risky as what Gold Coast did yeah. with Lockie Weller. Yeah, like th- this could come back to hurt them. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think so, Kane. It just uh, has to take something that special uh, for you to move from pick two to pick eight because you, you're you more likely to, to grab a star. Uh, you know, Dustin Martin goes top three for a reason. Clayton Oliver goes top three for a reason. I'm sure people will come back and name all the sevens and eights that mm. have been stars as well. But uh, you know, history will say that you're more likely. But uh, then the other one, obviously, is the Collingwood situation, Kano, where... Trouble. They got themselves in that much trouble, yeah. Collingwood, um, where they've had to have a bit of a fire sale. Yep. Um, and I was listening to the late trade yesterday with Stephen Silvani. I'm not sure if we've got the audio, but I can tell you what he said anyway about Tom DeConing at, at mm. Carlton. He reckons centre-half back could be the way to go. And I'd, I don't mind the suggestion. So if he's seen what you know, his brother Sam has done and made that position his own and... Carlton have already got Mackay and Kuno, who they've committed seven and eight years to, I think it is. Deconing with a switch to, to centre-half back, Lordo, could you see the benefit in doing that, or you're not sure he's got uh, the attributes no, to play that role? I, I think he has got the attributes uh, to play that role, but I look at um, the backman. So they've got Weedering who can play there. Uh, mm. They've got, uh, I think, McGovern they've invested a lot into, who they need to come back and play. they got Young to the club. They've yep. got Marchbank there. But I look at Pitnett. And I'm thinking, can there be a big upgrade on Pitnet if, if De Koning can become a real mobile ruckman? Pitnet, he's a competitor, yep. But he's got he's limited with his football ability. So I just was hoping Carlton's missing piece of the puzzle. So I think they can, uh, yeah, star-studded forward line. I think the back line's, you know, strong, strong enough with Doherty mm. and Sard off halfback. It's just, uh, you know, big-body midfielders. But could you add uh, like a a sort of a generational type ruckman to Coning where he's just sitting on heads, which he can do. He can get around the ground well. Uh, could he be as good as Luke Jackson? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I know Luke's got a long way to go, but what Luke did in the premiership year, that's where I'd be looking to have the Yeah, well, it's a good problem to have. I think we do have the audio of Stephen Silvani speaking about his reasonings yesterday. Tom DeConning's the interesting one because mm. I think he'll, he'll become a really good ruckman, but the, do they look at playing him centre-half back? His brother, same height as his brother. Um, we know he can play forward, but can he play centre? Does he read it like Sam? Oh yeah, he can read the game. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's I mean, an interesting move. Like, like yeah. you've got to, you've got to look at it and go, well, what, what else can we do? You know, and then you know you can swing him. Yeah, you, you can swing out forward. You can swing into the ruck. If but, you get someone gets injured, yeah. But he's he's he, him as a third tall even. Mm. 
Um, that would make sense, wouldn't it? You, you could, he, he would take intercept marks and big marks mm. down back. He'd be hard to stop. Or do you put him on the the big fellas and let Weedering do well, that? Well, you, you, that, that could be the other one. But mm. I, I think it would be great for his development. Um, but, look, they might just see him as a tall forward ruck or ruck forward. So mm. there's that. Blues fans, 0419187323. And the other question is, which player at your club needs a positional shift? Is there one out there that you think, you know, Paddy McCartan was was recruited pick one in the draft as a forward, and look what he did as a centre-half back. That's always the obvious one, forward to back. But is there anyone else? Tom Papley's gone from small forward to massive impact player at the centre bounce. Shea Bolton's probably the same. Dan Rioli at Richmond, half forward to half back. And... You know, second in the best and fairest, I think he ended up being Dan Rioli. So is there a player out there at your club that needs a positional shift? 0419-187-323. And the Jesse Hogan deal also getting a mention. Kano, uh, I was thinking, obviously, the Melbourne Football Club trade him out at a time yep. that uh, yeah, Frio probably offered a fair bit for him. Uh, pressure was on. The deal was mm. off. The deal mm. was back on. Uh, there was a bit of toing and froing. He's been a good a bit pick of up. spin in that. There was a bit it of spin from, from memory Peter, in that Peter time. Bell. Peter Bell was yeah, really strong. Yeah, he was <laughs> pretty much saying the deal was off, but it ended up happening again. So yeah, uh, I think it cost them Ben King in the end. I reckon that was yeah, the, good. Was yeah, the, did was a top the five pick, or six so, pick because I yeah. had Stephen May, and then it ended up um, yeah moving hands a little bit with Stephen May that that pick that uh, yeah. Ben King went at. And Costa says, guys, pick two has been littered with stars, more so than pick one. Even Port having it over with a future first pick for Jason Horn francis His way overs, Brayshaw, Petrarca, Taranto, Noah Anderson, and most recently, Phil Thorpe and Sam Darcy. Was Darcy, I think he might have been three, Darcy. But anyway, to give this quality of player and a first round is just crazy on the back of that uh, big but- uh, three-way yeah, trade. but if North can get one and two, like obviously yeah. Ash, Ashcroft goes, you know, but then one the two, the two live first picks, it's as exciting as anything uh, that they've, that's happened to them. You know, Clarkson was exciting, but if you can get the two best kids in the country outside of Ashcroft, that would be phenomenal for the club to, to build on and try and get young kids in from day one and, and build them as the next stars of North Melbourne. What are Brisbane up to during this trade period? Well, Danny Daly is going to join us after 8.30 to answer those questions. In the meantime, let's go to Rob, who wants to speak about a big Geelong cat. G'day, Rob. Oh, how are you going, guys? Thanks for the, taking the call. Pleasure. Now, we've already talked about Asava um, going down back, and I think that's an important move for him because if you look at Geelong's back line, yeah, they, they're really good, but they're not that tall, really, apart from De Koning. The next one is Collar Jasney at 193. Then Henry's only 192 and Stewart's 190. And I think the way the tall forwards are going, they're all 200-plus these days, or at least they're heading that direction. So the move for Asava, I mean, athletic bloke going down back, I think is really good for the second tall to play on those really big key forwards. But another idea I've had is, um, you know, following the idea of Blitzarves going into the midfield, um, I think Asava, who's actually said that as a ruckman, he gets a bit intimidated by the really tall ones like Gorn and McInerney, so he can compete against guys about his own size in the ruck. But if you just, you know, a bit like Dusty putting him in for bursts in the midfield where he could go in the mid or a stoppage and then float backwards afterwards, imagine if you're a, a mid and across the, the centre bounce you see a bloke at 198 and 108 kilos who can run just as fast as you over 10 or 15 metres and is agile and can p- pick up the ball below his knees, what would you be thinking? 
Yeah, we spoke to Andrew Mackey. I don't think Geelong have any plans of, of trading him, and I think that's what they would be thinking to, to have that key position depth. Good on you, Rob. Let's go to Jono. Hi, Jono. G'day, boys. How are you? Good, We're good. Good. Yeah, I'm thinking Richmond should um, start playing Hugo Rouse-Smith on the wing. Um, I know he started his career sort of more at the half-back line, but I think sort of Rioli's taken over that spot. And I think with McIntosh and Pickett getting a little bit older, I think um, Richmond could utilise his pace and just wanted to get your thoughts. I coach Hugo Ralph Smith at uh, Halebury, Jono. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's one of the great runners in the AFL. He just hasn't quite grasped AFL footy yet you know, in terms of he's had some good moments but hasn't been able to establish himself as a you know, best 22 player for across a season. So I think it's just more the contested elements of his game. He's got to get a little bit stronger. Uh, but I know Richmond are pretty excited about what he can offer. I love this one. And thanks for your call, John. I love this one, Kano, from Joe. Jason Joe Hannison has not been damaging since he's been put as a forward. I, mm. I, he's a Norm Smith medalist off the mm. half-back line. And that's something about Luke Beveridge. He, he lives and dies by the sword a fair bit with what he does with players. I remember when Ed Richards, just a star junior half-back, but he played him as a wing half-forward, lost, puts him back to the half-back flank. And he makes it and he has a good season yep. this year. I think that's where Jason Johannesson needs to be uh, back in the back line, I would have thought, uh, to try and make it as a footballer. Has anyone gone from halfback to half forward really successfully? Um, it's, a, it's a question we'll yeah. put out there to our audience who would know more off the top of their head. Is there a player at your club that's gone from, a lot, a lot have gone from half forward mm. to half back and, and done it well? Sure, that many have gone from halfback to half forward. Uh, Sam Darcy was picked too as well. Thanks for those people pointing that out to me. I was wrong on that one. Back to more calls after this. The numbers one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Danny Daly from the Brisbane Lions. They're up to a whole lot, and they need to get pretty busy in the next week of the trade period. It is the early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Back with your calls after this. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Hey, Tyler's need stock fast. Beaumont Tyler's are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Uh, Cow Toomey and Riley Beveridge have both reported the three-way trade has been floated to help Jason Horn Francis and Luke Jackson get back to their home states. So the Kangaroos on Monday said they would be open to trading Horn Francis with Port Adelaide, starting by offering pick number eight in this year's draft and a future first-round selection. But there has been some talk over there in... Perth from Ryan Daniels that uh, the Eagles feel like they need a fair bit more for that to happen. Uh, Lordo, you want to put me under the pump? I do. You've been putting me under the pump uh, all week, so I want to put. I want to give you a name, and you've got to say whether they'd be make their way into the best side currently in the competition, Geelong. Right. So yes, who, just a who, yes or no a yes answer. Yes or no on players right. that have changed okay. clubs. All right. Carl Amon. No. Jaden Hunt. No. Tim Taranto. Yes. Bobby Hill. No. Liam Jones. No. Daniel McStay. Not at Geelong, no. Blake Akers. He's not knocking out the North Smith medalist, so no. Tom Berry. No. Ben Long. 
No. Zane Cordy? No. Griffin Logue? Um, like, he, w- he would play a few games. Like, he would play yep. sort of 10, but, but he wouldn't be in the starting 22, no. Darcy Tucker? No. All right. So you've given me one so yes. I was, might, might have been a touch harsh on Carl Amon. Uh, they, they probably squeeze mm. him into a wing somewhere. Right. But, I mean, it's your, it's your theory, and it's, mm. a, it's a great theory that uh, players are put up for trade for a reason. Um, and, you know, that probably, probably backs it up. And there'll be some by the end of the time. I'll ask you again in a week's time, and uh, there'll be some that you'll go, yep, yep, because the high-end ones still haven't been uh, done yet. But, uh, mm. yeah, it's... Uh, Grundy and... Um, Dunkley and Dunkley, players like that. Players and like Luke Jackson. Yeah. There's a few more to get done. Jack Gunston potentially. So, uh, yeah, but it's interesting that for all of it, yeah, it's players. And, and we're asking for Geelong too. So some mm. players will go and improve their team. Uh, you know, like Lipinski, you know, improve Collingwood you know, as a pick 43. Tyson Stengel this time last year, we would have said no, but he makes his way in. So, uh, yeah, it's just interesting though how many do make a difference. Good call. Riley's in Essendon. You want to speak about some of those list management errors, Riley? Yeah, uh, we had uh, Scharenberg, Nathan Freeman go in the top 10. Injury was a bit unfortunate, but we also around the same time signed Daniel Wells. Dane Beans came back from Brisbane. Uh, we put Levi Greenwood on a fair bit of cash. Chris Main came over for a lot of cash. Not all bad moves, but I just felt that on top of the Grundy move and then Ned Guy going off to work for the AFL afterwards. It all seemed a little bit sad as a Collingwood supporter. Yep, there's been some errors. Uh, thankfully for Collingwood, they were able to stabilise the ship and who would have predicted what they did. But yeah, Collingwood have been at the forefront of some of those big errors. Uh, Brisbane have a busy time coming up. Their GM of football is Danny Daly. He's going to take us through their plans over the next week. He'll join us next. Yeah, welcome back to the early trade. It is a pleasure now to have Danny Daly, the Brisbane Lions GM of football, with us. This morning, uh, Danny, thanks so much for your time. No worries. Morning, Kane. Morning, Matty. How are you going, guys? Going? You, we're good. You've got a few fingers and a few pies with a lot to achieve in the next week or so. How are you feeling about it all? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got a bit to, to get through, but it's exciting when you think about it. Obviously, we've got a couple of good young prospects coming into mm. the football club in, in Will and Fletcher, and um, obviously, you know, trying to get a Josh Dunkley deal done and, and Gunston done, so... Uh, yeah, busy time that's excited at the same time. Yeah, no doubt. You you have loaded up on, on picks, but we're all sort of wondering how the Josh Dunkley deal gets done. Your first pick is is 21. Can you give us an insight into how you go about satisfying the Western Bulldogs for a pretty good player? Yeah, look, um, obviously not going to go into specific details of, of the trade, etc. but, you know, our, our list manager, Dom and Sam Power have had a, a couple of good discussions already, and uh, we feel like we're on track to, to get the deal done at some stage. So, you know, um, out of respect for the dogs, obviously can't go into what that looks like at the minute. But, you know, we're working towards that getting done and, and hopefully it'll all be uh, ticked off in the next few days or so. Danny, do you have an order that you need to get through to, uh, you know, to satisfy these deals? Or could the Gunston one be done first and be, be more straightforward? Yeah, I think um, the last couple of days you've seen, obviously, a been trying to um, split some picks and get some more picks in for points. Um, now that we've been able to do that, um, we'll probably concentrate on the Gunston deal uh, with Hawthorne. Um, you know, obviously keep it in mind as well. These clubs have got other deals that they're working through as well. So, um, yeah, we'll probably work on that one. We'll still work on trying to split a couple of the picks, as you mentioned earlier in the program. 
you know, we've got a, a good array of picks with, you know, 21, 25, 34, 35, 36. So if we can hopefully split a couple of those along the way and get some more points, um, then we can, you know, really hone in on the, and the Dunkley deal and, and get those discussions going a bit further with the dogs. Is a pick in the 30s about right for Jack Gunston or am I off the mark there? Uh, and you'll look to split, split those picks. Uh, yeah, potentially, maybe a bit later, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Hawthorne will want more, we'll want to give less. So, you know how it works this time yeah. of year, the art of bargaining the club. So, yeah, but around about that mark, you would have thought. How does it work? Like, is it is it daily conversations? Is it just checking in? I mean, is it is it nice nature about it, or does it get a bit robust when you're dealing with, you know, the likes of the Western Bulldogs and, and Hawthorne? Do you have good relationships with other clubs is what I'm trying to say? Yeah, pretty much we do. Um, I think you try and be respectful of all clubs when you're dealing with them. Um, every club is going through the same sort of situation, so um, you do. But I'm sure at times the list managers have little words with each other and try to get that extra little bit out of the deal. So um, I'm sure at times there can be a little bit of heated conversations along the way. But, uh, you know, for the, for the most part, you try and be respectful of each other and, and you understand each other's situation. And what about the barometer, Reese Matheson? Has he asked for a trade? Um, well, his manager did indicate to us earlier in the week that he may be open to one. Um, but as yet, we haven't been given anything official by uh, his management or Reese. But, you know, we all also understand, and, you know, Tom Berry is in the same boat. We, you know, we love to keep these guys. They're, they're good people for us. But we also understand that they want opportunities. So uh, at this point, he hasn't come and asked for a trade. But if he was to do that, we'd have a chat with him about it and, and we'd work through what the best situation is for the club and for Reese, understanding mm. what he wants to do as well. But as yet, we haven't formally been asked to, to trade him. And for him to do that, there must be some interest in other clubs. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have put himself out there. But have you fielded any calls for him from other clubs? No, no, we haven't. Um, but again, you know, his management, no doubt, would have been in contact with some potential clubs who might be interested. But we haven't had any conversations with any club about Reese's yet. Do you expect North to bid at pick one for Will Ashcroft? I hope not. <laughs> um, Do you think they will? Oh, look, who knows? Potentially. I mean, he's such a good player and yeah, everyone's saying he's the best player in the draft. So uh, that'll be a decision North Melbourne needs to make. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they... Do the right thing, boys. <laughs> hey, hey, Danny, what was the biggest takeout for you and your football club from that prelim? Where you got beaten by 71 points and Geelong you know, did it the same thing the week after the Sydney Swans about the areas you've got to get better to take that next step for next season. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I thought for the overall season, uh, it was probably a tick for us winning a couple of finals, which we haven't been able to do, but certainly in that preliminary final, Geelong... You know, just their ability around the contest and to win the ball back uh, highlighted to us um, a need, even though we are a good contested ball side, we probably need to get a little bit better. I think I think we're up and down a little bit defensively this year, and I think we need to do a, a fair bit of work on our defensive game um, to match it in the big games. Like, I think, you know, nine times we're league scores are 93 points plus, including the prelims. So I think we need to get to work a little bit on our defensive structures. Um, our ball movement feels quite good. Like, we're, I think, the second highest scoring team in the competition but I think we need to get a little bit of pace around the ground to be able to break the lines a little bit more and um, you know get through the best team's defence so you know we've got some good young kids in in Wilmot who played in the finals and you know Kai Lohman who got injured last year who can exciting and can run and you know Jimmy Tunstall played a few games so we've got some kids coming into into our side that can run a little bit so 
uh, a little bit more speed on the ball potentially. Um, so a couple of areas we've got to get better at and keep improving at so we can um, hopefully get to that last day in September, which we're aiming to do. Danny, uh, I have to ask you about your coach as well, Chris Fagan. So have you had discussions around putting in uh, like a, an interim senior coach or one of the assistants is in the senior role because potentially you know, if some journalist like Damien Barrett say this may not be settled on till by round one. So what do you do in that situation about making decisions without having your coach there day in and day yeah, out? Well, yeah, at the minute, um, all our coaches and staff are on holidays. So, um, you know, Fage is basically on a leave of absence. He hasn't been stood down. So we're still having conversations with, with Fage around, you know, the footy side of things. Um, we've sort of given him a bit of time off just to concentrate on, you know, um, the case, etc., and, and give him time to work through what he needs to do and uh, get his head clear. So... At this point in time, it hasn't been a discussion, a conversation between myself or Swanee, uh, purely because we still feel we've got a coach. Um, if things were to change for whatever reason, um, and we were given other information that says that he, he can't coach us, then, yeah, we'll need to get to work on what that looks like in terms of an interim coach, etc. But right now, he's still our footy coach. Um, we're having conversations with him about things. Um, yeah, and he's just having some time off to, to work through what he needs to work through with this case. So your expectations that this will be finalised by, I guess, the end of, of the end of this year, is that the indication that you've been given from the AFL? I know they said that publicly yesterday. Yeah, pretty much, mate. Um, and we haven't been given a lot of indication, to be honest. We're just um, working through what, you know, we're hearing and seeing and, and what and Fags are telling us. So, you know, we're hoping that um, the conclusion of it is by the end of the year, one way or the other, and then we can, you know, work through what we need to do from there. Um, yeah. And how is he in him in himself? Um, yeah, look, Faye's a pretty he's a pretty strong character. Um, I'm sure he has his moments where he's he's feeling you know, what's going on here. He's and you guys know Chris is a he's a terrific human being and a and a, mm. and a care and a lot of empathy. So um, it's a little bit um, an awkward situation for him because he, he doesn't know how to feel because um, that's not that's not Faye's that we know and. Um, you know, we just got to keep wrapping our arms around him and providing support for him and making sure him and his family are going okay because, you know, it is a stressful time. Um, so, you know, we just got to be there for him and, and and keep making him feeling as good about himself as he can be. Danny, how do you feel about it as you know, as a club, the Geelong Footy Club, as a premier picking up uh, pick seven and Jack Bowes in this off-season? Obviously good management from them, but how do you feel as an industry that that, that can occur? Well, look, uh, yeah, good management by them, and you know we're in the in the party as well, trying to get that pick. So um, you do what you try and do to uh, to get that pick into the into your draft hall. But um, you know they're the rules of the competition; they are what they are. We uh, just have to work with them and deal with them. Um, is it fair and reasonable? Um, that's an opinion on on everyone else, I suppose, to decide. But you know while it's there and you can do it, um, you know I say well done to Geelong; they're a fantastic football club, and uh, they. They do a great job in the in the trade period and draft period, so well done to them. Um, but whilst it's still an availability, you can do that. Um, it's both and slather. So, and you yeah, had a discussion. And you had a discussion with Jack Bose as a club. Ah, uh, yeah, we did. We had a, a discussion with him to see if there was any interest in him, him driving down the highway. But mm. um, I think he was, you know, more interested in potentially getting out of Queensland and having a go in Victoria. So. Uh, yeah, we we wouldn't have been doing our true diligence if we if we didn't do that. But yeah, we had a quick chat with him, but it was uh, only a quick one. Was the attraction more about pick seven than it was about Jack, or was it the whole package? No, I think it was the whole package. Um, 
for getting Dom um, drafted Jack to the Gold Coast, so he's got history with him, and uh, obviously the, the Brisbane Gold Coast relationship, you, you know a little bit more about your players up here on the opposition, so we, we thought that Jack had some uh, some real qualities that he might be able to have been brought into our football club, um, you know, we saw him as somebody who could potentially play on our in our wing and, and move inside on ball at times as well, and it's a position we're looking to fill. So um, while the attraction of pick seven obviously is there, we're not going to lie about that. We did have a, an attraction to, to the player himself as well and thought he could help us. Danny Daly is the GM of football at the Brisbane Lions. He joins us on the early trade this morning. Uh, have you made any changes to your coaching structure? We, we know there's a little bit of uncertainty there, but in terms of the assistant and line coaches and fitness staff, have you made any changes or will it be the same crew? Nah, same crew. We're um, uh, they're all contracted for another year, so um, yeah, I'm just working through with Fags right now, actually, on whether we make any changes internally for different roles, etc. But we'll have the same, the same people um, in our coaching staff and our high performance staff. So yeah, pretty well the same. We might add a, a development coach part time with the increased in soft cap, but uh, we'll work through that over the next couple of weeks. And have you had a discussion with Dane Zorko about his captaincy and whether it's time for him to hand it to, to someone perhaps a bit younger? He turns 34 in February. Um, well, in his exit meeting, we, we had a bit of a discussion about what he wanted to do more so rather than what the club were thinking. So um, we just you know explained to Zorks that it was a good opportunity for him to go away over the break and have a think about what he wanted to do, what he thought. Um, and then when he comes back, um, hopefully fresh and uh, had a, a good thought process about it. We can sit down with him a bit further and discuss what the best option is, one for him and also for the footy club moving forward. So, um, yeah, we have had that initial discussion with him about it. And so who would be who would be next in line? I mean, you've got Lockie Neal, terrific leader, but you've also got some, some really impressive young players, including Harris Andrews. Have, have you got a succession plan in place and you can you reveal perhaps who that might be? Um, well, our players... Um, when they do the leadership vote, they basically vote for the captain as well. And, um, you know, the players have, have got obviously one little say in it, but, you know, as a match committee and, and football club will obviously um, have an opinion on that as well. But, you know, the guys you've mentioned already, you know, Lockie Neal and Harris Andrews, Hugh McCluggage has, has come along in leaps and bounds in his leadership over the last couple of years. And um, although he's only 23 years of age, uh, potentially could be a captain. So, um, you know, there's probably three players there right there yeah. that could potentially fill the spot. So um, we're in a good position where we have got some good young leaders um, and any one of those, you know, we'd be happy in leading the football club moving forward, to be honest. Danny, you look at Geelong and what they do and you always look at the Premier and you, you look how much you can trust Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins with what they do week in and week out. I want to ask you about Joe Danaher and potentially the exit review meeting and how strong you are with a player like that to say, Joey, are you doing enough to get to out of your potential that you've been given and the talents that you've been blessed with? Good player, Joey Danaher, but not the quality of what many would say he could achieve or he gives Brisbane. Maybe he doesn't mark the footy. Does he give enough pressure at ground level? You know, missing shots for goal. Looks laconic at times. Can he be a better player, you think, than he is right now? And can he work harder? Yeah, no doubt. Um, and you're right. Um, the exit meeting, um, and for most of our players, there's always uh, areas we talk about in their growth area that they need to get better. If we're going to become a, a premiership contender and a premiership side, which we want to be, we need all our players um, working harder and getting better. Um, Joey, and I don't want to use an excuse, but he did carry the, the shoulder in the back half of the season and had an operation as soon as the season was finished. So... 
Um, he was a bit restricted in his ability to be able to put his hands right up and mark the football, but he played. Um, and when you play, you're 100% fit. But he needs to obviously work a lot harder and be in the game for longer periods during a game. Um, defensively, uh, he realises, and we spoke to him about the need to get better. Uh, we feel that the good key forwards, if they work hard defensively, they keep in the game offensively, allows them to, you know, work on their patterns and, you know, hit up and mark the football. So um, there's no doubt we feel that if he works a lot harder on his defence, that, that'll help his overall game. So that was the, the gist of the conversation mm. with him as he as he went off to his exit meeting. Yeah. And one final one for me. Has any club asked about Cam Rayner and the possibility of you trading him? Uh, no, no one's asked us, but I've seen it reported. And yeah. um, I think, Lordy, you know Cam pretty well, do you? Yeah, I do know Cam well, yeah. Yeah, he's such a, um, he's such a, a great young man mm. um, that I've had to have, and Dom has had to have about three or four discussions with him in the last two weeks, just just, just uh, convincing him that we haven't even spoken to anyone about it because um, mm. he loves his footy club. We love him. He's not going anywhere. In fact, we're getting his brother up to play in our VFL team hopefully next year. So, um, you know, we've got high hopes for Cam um, coming off a year of, you know, his knee surgery and, and we feel that he can go to another level next year and be a, a really important football player for us. So he's not going anywhere. He's, we love him. He loves mm. us. So I can end that speculation right now. Yeah, good, good move, because I think we're all excited by what he can do after this year, which he looked like he was an absolute match winner. Danny, uh, good luck with everything you need to achieve in the next week or so. We really appreciate your extended chat with us this morning. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me on. Have a good day. Pretty comprehensive, open and transparent there from the Brisbane Lions, who are key players in this trade period, currently hold picks 21, 25, 34, 35. Josh Dunkley is their priority, Jack Gunston they will get in as well and then having enough points to match the bids for the two youngsters, Ashcroft and Fletcher. This is Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Danny Daly, our guest. Equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than higher. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Yeah, great feedback from the chat with Danny Daly there. So thanks for the Brisbane Lions for their time and answering those difficult questions. Very open and honest. Equipped for anything, more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Uh, when you're talking about equipped for anything, I think Lockie Neal is equipped for anything to be the captain of the Brisbane Lions, Lordo. And I think it would be a terrific challenge for him. Um, you know, Reading between the lines, the club has had the discussion about Dane Zorko stepping down 34 years of age and did have some issues, didn't he, Dane, with his behaviour on field at the time, assigned a one-year contract extension. It'd be great for him to relieve himself of those duties. Once you become an excellent individual player, as Lockie Neal has done, the next challenge is to be a great leader. And I would be giving him the captaincy and handing the keys to, to Lockie Neal. Do you agree with that, or would you prefer to go with a younger player such as Hugh McCluggage or, or Harris Andrews at the Lions? He looks the obvious choice from the outside, but I, I like what you just said there. So Lockie has been, he's just the, one of the most professional players in mm. the game. But often I've wondered, uh, you know, how much is about Lockie Neal and how much is about the team uh, because he's such a driven individual. And even mm. I loved, you know, a year or two ago, he spoke about how he's got to improve and kick more goals and get more metres going. He's a far better player now, I think, than he was when he won his Brownlow medal a number of years ago. So, it's just only those internally can say, how much does Lockie offer the rest of the players? How much does he uh, you know, give 
to the yeah. rest of the players. So we don't know that from the outside. But if he does do that, yeah, I think he's the obvious choice to be the captain. How was that for you, that challenge of turning yourself mm. in from just a brilliant yep. individual player to a really strong leader? So, yeah, I think uh, Essendon were going to give me the captaincy at the end of 2004 to start you know, being captain in 05. And and I said to James Hurd and Mark Harvey, who started speaking to me, I don't think I deserve it because I've been too much about myself. And if I'm not mm. playing well, I just go into individual mode. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't a selfish player, but I was only thinking of how I could get myself yep. in the game. I said, let me act like a captain through 2005 with James there and then... I'll, I think I'll be ready a year later. So uh, I spent all of 2005, even though I wasn't the captain, I acted like one and mm. gave more to players uh, on game day, forgot about myself, was all about team, uh, getting around players uh, throughout uh, yeah, throughout match days and quarters and breaks and all those sorts of things and was far more ready to go in 2006 than I would have been in 2005. So, yeah, I certainly was very much about uh, what I could do early in my career. Are you glad you took on that challenge? Yeah, oh yeah. It's yeah. one of my biggest thrills that um, I was able to captain the Essendon Footy Club because before, we don't have many captains in the time. It was when I was mm. there, it was Mark Bomber-Thompson, then O'Donnell, Hurd, myself, Watson and Heppel. So it hasn't been too many. So a huge thrill it was, Conan. Equipped for anything, hand Lockie Neal the keys and I reckon he'll be equipped to captain the Brisbane Lions. We're more than high. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Uh, Lord, our outstanding work from you. We'll be back uh, early tomorrow morning from 7 o'clock to do it all again. But you have a good day. You too, Kate. It's locked to the AFL app. You can watch, you can listen. We've got you covered. It's Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Look forward to speaking to you tomorrow morning from 7. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.